Support Amigos and listen ad-free. Plus, get cool perks and rad swag. Go to everythingamiga.com slash support. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Batman, the movie, the game. The game. The this movie. is the second The Game, the movie we've done here in the past couple months. Yeah, yeah. Remember what the first one was? Um, no. <laughs> but it was something, The Game, the movie. <laughs> we're back for more. We're back for more. Aaron, there's a lot to talk about with Batman. But I want you, because I was very young, I was a young man when Batman was released. Uh, I believe this movie was released in 1989, um, and I was a, a mere lad of eight years old. Well, so you are sickening to me. I don't recall much. I graduated much. high school in 89. Yeah, I don't recall much from those days. Uh, but you remember what the uh, sort of landscape was like in the superhero movie industry. So bring me back to those days before Batman the movie. Well... You know, before Batman, what did you have? Think Nothing. About it. No, you did. What did you have? You had one big franchise that was superhero, and that was Superman. Oh, yeah, Superman. And Superman, I think it was, uh, I want to say 82 or something like that, you mm-hmm. had Superman come out. But then its sequels did markedly less. Diminishing returns. Now, a lot of people don't know this, but Superman 1 and 2 were sure shot at the same time. Mm. They actually... And there was a it was a crazy uh, process that Superman went through to get made because they ended up the guy that directed the first one sort of got screwed, and so they took they hit reshot scenes that he'd shot for the second one and redid them with a new director, and there was all kinds of credit crap. So it was a big debacle, and that's why some stuff with Superman two doesn't make much sense. Which I like Superman two, but have you ever seen it? Uh, it's been a while. There's a bit in Superman two where Superman takes his S and throws it at a guy, and it wraps him up like a cocoon. Really? Everybody Weird. was like, "What is that?" Well. That was one of the extra scenes this guy added to make mm. it funnier or whatever. Was this is I get him confused. Two is the one with Richard Pryor. No, right? that's three. Okay. That's three. Two is Neil before Zod. That's true. That's, that's okay. Right. That's right. Okay. Now Superman four, I was I think I was in first or second grade when that came out. And although I did not see the movie, I went to the book fair and bought the book version, the picture. Is that book the one version. where they get rid of the atomic bomb? He, uh, he takes all the bombs, yeah. puts them in a net, and throws them into the sun. See the I remember the one, two, and three, and then mm-hmm. <laughs> Superman and Supergirl were right down the, the toilet. Mm. No good. Has, has there ever been a good Supergirl uh, pitch before? No. No, there's not. Mm. Uh, but so before Batman, that was it. And it was and the super and the superhero genre was sort of floundering. Yeah. And then here comes Batman. Now the, and you so I'm assuming that you've seen Batman. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, what what did you think of? Incredibly frightening. What scared you about it? Uh, the whole scene in the chemical plant where, you know, the Joker is like falling into the thing and his face is all messed up. And then the one part where he takes off, he's got like real person makeup on, but then he takes it off and it's white under the... That unnerved me as a child. Really? Yeah. It's funny. You know what scared me about Superman when I was a kid? was Superman 3. There's a scene where this chick, or it might have been a dude... She, oh, it's a chick. She gets thrown into this big computer. You've seen the third one, right? Mm-hmm. Where that guy builds that huge computer. This chick gets like thrown into the computer or drug into it, and she gets basically turned into like a robot. Yeah, I that remember that. That probably freaked me out that as was a kid. Freaky. I didn't like that. Yeah. Superman 1 didn't do much. It didn't scare me that No, much. no, we're or talking about Batman. Batman. Yeah. Um, well, you were also 18 years old. <laughs> I was not that old. But it, Batman was a huge deal when it came out. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you know that. Uh, and, uh, of course, all, all-star cast uh, in it. Yeah, Jack Nicholson. I, I remember Michael reading, Keaton. and the, I remember thinking Michael Keaton, right? Because I comedian. We knew him from like um, the Statler Brothers. You know, well, Night Shift, Statler Brothers. What are you talking about? My, I might be wrong. On yeah, that. you're way off. Mm. Uh, and Kim Basinger was in it, of course. Which, eh, you know, eh. Uh, it was an okay flick. Jack was very good. Mm-hmm. He's good in almost everything. Uh, he does. Keaton, passable, uh, possible yeah. Batman. Yeah, uh, he was okay. He wasn't the worst. You, you be honest though; you don't have to be a great actor to be Batman. 
It it actually helps though. I mean, it would help. You just kind of talk real low. The one thing that the best thing that the original Batman did, and of course, Tim Burton did a good job making it unique with the uh, with the setting, the music, the the architecture. Yeah, and that was all. The music was great. That was the best part. Yeah, of it. And what and so the best thing that came out of that movie was the animated series, mm-hmm. uh, which was outstanding and, and surpassed the movie in popularity by ten tenfold. Uh, but uh, and they used a lot of the stuff Tim Burton, had, you know, the music and the architecture. Yeah, the Art Deco style. Yeah, uh, but uh, it was a huge deal. It was a huge deal when it came out. I remember going down to the. Uh, I'm pretty sure I saw this down in Huntington at one of the like Camelot or Keith Albee mm-hmm. uh, when I saw it. Everybody saw it. You know, everybody liked it. Even I liked. It. I didn't think it was complete garbage. There was some stuff I didn't like. Being a big Batman guy, but it was okay. Yeah, uh, and then. It got another movie that got progressively more horrible as the series went on until it bottomed out. I mean, it was, hit rock bottom. What was the worst Batman movie? Batman and Robin is awful bad. Mm. Is that the Val Kilmer Batman? No, this was the uh, uh, Batman with uh, shoot the guy from uh, you know the the notorious bachelor guy. What's his name? Uh, shoot. You know, he was in oh, for Brother Where for George Arkell, Clooney. George Clooney. Thank you, Dunk. And also, uh, it had Alicia Silverstone in it as the Batgirl. Horrible. Mm. And I loved her. I mean, mm. I liked looking at her. Right. Uh, but she was. It was horrible. Is that the one with Arnold as Mister Freeze? No, I. Maybe I never saw Batman and Robin. I saw the one. Maybe that was the one with Val Kilmer. They kind of run together. They're mm. all hideous. You know, like, once you get past the second one, it's it's a steep slope. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so there you go. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, not good. And then, of course, you had to wait till the Marvel movies came out to where, or I guess, Blade came out, and that was sort of a kick in the pants and to get things going. And then the, Mar- the rest of the Marvel movies started coming out, Spider Man and stuff like that. But, yeah. yeah, it's funny when Super- when Batman came out, there was a good long step between it and Superman, the first Superman. So it was pretty important. Now I want to get your thoughts. You know, this is sort of timely uh, that the, we're doing this show. Uh, upon the recent release of the Joker movie, uh, just called Joker, I guess. Yeah. This is the first uh, comic book movie based on a DC property that actually got slapped with the R rating, I read. Is it the first one? Yeah. Suicide Squad? That was PG-13. Oh, okay. Yeah. I never saw Suicide Squad. So what do you think about that? What do you think about making a comic book movie that's rated R? What was the Watchmen rated? Oh, that was a hard R. But that's not... I wouldn't call that a superhero but comic. It, it, it's, what do you it's, mean? It's a, that was, it was a book that DC did. Right. So, technically, DC, that would probably be the first That's book. true. I, yeah. And it was way it was way awesome. Now, mm-hmm. I haven't seen The Joker. I've heard, it's, I've heard some people say it was really good. I've heard some people say it was absolutely overhyped. And mm-hmm. I've also heard it's incredibly violent. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I just mm-hmm. don't get the movies that much anymore. So, right. I'll probably catch it somewhere down the line. But mm-hmm. I'm kind of... I'm kind of burnt out on the superhero thing, to be yeah. honest with you. I mean, and I'm a big comic book guy, mm-hmm. but I mean, I don't know. It just I, there's a lot of stuff I'd like to see before. I never saw Ant Man, and I love Ant Man. I'm probably the only person on Earth, so there's somebody that's ahead of it. I'll get around to it, but I hear it's good. I was the previews look tremendous. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what else I hear is good, and that's the one and only Gangsta from Manchester, the Dreamcatcher. Oh, yes. Let's talk about what's been going on over at EverythingAmiga.com. It's funny. Any other week, he'd be covering some kind of crazy superhero thing, but not this week. No. Uh, For your your interest and perusal, his article this week on uh, EverythingAmiga.com, it's going to be one of those days, which is a title I've been experiencing over the past weeks and months. (laughs) Uh, And he goes into a, a, a thing here about a... Um, a film called Give My Regards to Broad Street, mm-hmm. which, again, I had never heard of this boat. Did you? No. Uh, and uh, it's about Sir Paul McCartney, and you can see various... Uh, he goes into ultra, ultra detail on this thing. And so who'd have thunk that there'd be a game involved in this? Very bizarre. Uh, we talked before the show... I'm not a big fan of uh, Paul McCartney's solo or wing stuff, but mm-hmm. you, you like it tons. Yeah. He's like your favorite. Well, he's not my favorite, but... He's I, your all-time favorite artist. I love Paul McCartney because so many people hate him. Kind of like Phil Collins. People hate Paul McCartney? Tons of people. Tons of cool really? guys out there. I don't hate him. I mean, it's, it's the same thing as like Phil Collins. There's a ton of people that hate Phil Collins. People hate so, Phil Collins? Oh, yeah. What for? I know. That's what I'm what saying. What did he do? It's the same kind yeah. of people. 
It's the same kind I've of people. I've never heard anybody say They I hate think Phil his Collins. stuff is cheesy and saccharine. I did, Clearly, I, the people that hate Phil Collins haven't went back to listen to his weird Genesis stuff. No, no, this is the solo Phil Collins. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> because that stuff is not saccharine the, or This is su- su- studio Phil Collins, which I also like. But anyway, I know a lot of people think that solo Paul is a little bit too too sweet. There's the man right um, there. If you're watching us at home, Ringo, <laughs> that's my boy. But there's a, there's a place for it. And Paul, I literally think that Paul McCartney is the greatest melodic writer of all time in the 20th century, except for possibly George Gershwin. So I'm not, I'm not uh, qualified to make an assessment of that. I'll leave that to your capable hands, being a, a, the teacher type and all. But that Dreamcatcher goes into a long description of this. <laughs> if you are interested in uh, Paul McCartney or bad mouthing Paul McCartney and his various. Uh, game adaptions. This is the article for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, again, I want to mention that check out the Dreamcatchers page or on YouTube, his channel. Always full of wacky antics. Awesome. The Dreamcatcher is a, he's a mad genius. I'll tell you what else is full of wacky antics, Aaron. <laughs> What's that? Your the seat? Gamble Train. Oh, no. The Here Gamble Train is rolling down the tracks, ready for this week's bastion of Amiga News. <laughs> Aaron, right, what you got? this week we're going to start things off with our buddy, 10-Minute Amiga Retrocast. I've heard of him. This is, uh, he, you know, we, we covered his... Um, wow, what's he up to here? <laughs> what in God's name is he doing? Oh. <laughs> Uh, this is multiple ads in front of his video. Man, they're, video people, so they're lining up to <laughs> pretend Mark to take care of them. That's right. So um, yeah, earlier we talked about him and Pixel Vixen went through all of the uh, submissions for the Amiga Art Contest that they yep. did. Uh, this is going a little bit more in depth with each of the uh, each of the entries. Whoa! Oh, there's there's one your right winner up your right there. Bam! <laughs> we have a sexy witch on the Amiga Ball winner. Uh, so uh, this is he just goes through them in a little bit more detail, and I believe that this is a multi-part video as well. So if you are at all interested in the results of the uh, the art contest that him and Pixel Vixen put on, definitely check out his channel. Man, I you know, I've been out of the loop all week. I've been ill, and so I haven't seen any of this. So I can't wait. I saw one picture from this. I think it was the winning picture, and that was it. And so these are all so far the ones you've shown on on here are awesome. I can't wait to see this. Yeah, yeah, that was a good idea. Tenmark added again. He smart man. Of course, Pixel Vixen is very talented. Up next, Aaron, our buddy Ravi has been back in the in his studio again. He's probably got the tea. I know you love it when he gets the big mug of tea and sets it down right right in front of his uh, DJ station. Uh, Allow me to ask him if he owns a Vectrix next to because I get poster always catches my eye. Yeah. So this is his this is my favorite kind of Amiga music. I like a good old chilled out ambient mix. Okay. So he starts, as you can see, he starts out with just the one twelve hundred. The other one is covered up, and at some point with a yeah. flourish, just like a magician, he just uncovers the I other one. I was wondering one about that. And immediately starts going to town. Or he's on having it. a picnic. Yeah, either either way. I'm not look really how, sure. Look at look at the concentration involved in Doing whatever hey, the heck he's doing. DJing is serious business. I can't, man. Can you imagine if you, if they said here, boat fill in for Ravi? No, that would never happen. Pray, You're a musical genius. <laughs> that would never happen. I would pay top dollar to see you give this a shot. Oh well, maybe one day. Maybe one day I'll give it a go. Once I get the uh, the house six hundred back, maybe I'll set it up on its side and I'll start I'll start pressing some keys. We'll see what happens. I like Ravi's got the two camera shot going here. That way you can see both hands. That's right. That's right. It's, they they give you both cameras because you'll only need the edge. Oh, what? <laughs> wow! <laughs> All right, next up, Aaron. This is, I know you love them. This yeah. is another case update. This comes to us from a1200.net. Well, I have one of their fine cases. Now they, you know, they put out the 1200 case uh, a couple years that. ago. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Um. And uh, this is right off the uh, off the show floor at Amiga 34. This is the final CAD drawing of the new Amiga 500 case design. Uh, this has got, of course, lots of, aside from it being totally, uh, you know, re-engineered from the ground up, uh-huh. uh, it's got your, uh, it's got all new ports, it's got easily, more easily accessible panels for expansions and things like that. Let me ask you a question, Aaron. Yeah, man. Do you think that there are enough people out there that are that passionate about the 500 in particular for this to be successful, I know that tw- you know the 1200 is sort of like the you know the 500, obviously the best-selling Amiga. Yeah. But the 1200 is the Amiga that has the most 
I would say the most expandability. No. You don't think so? Oh, no, I'm God, talking no. about the wedge-shaped Amigas. I'm not talking about the oh, towers. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it, uh, yeah. I, yeah, I would say. I would say so well, it, I don't know. I take that back. Okay. The 500 with that side... I'd say the 500 is still the is still the man. When okay, it comes to the wedge. So you, you think that uh, that there there is a market for this? There are people that have 500 that have lots of 500 upgrades and things that are interested in a, in a new case for them. Well, I'll tell you. I was it's funny you should mention this because and I don't know if you've got this on the news, but we'll, I'll just go ahead and mention it that uh, I saw that uh, Stephen is getting ready to shut the door on the pre-orders for the new Checkmate right, run. Right, right. Uh, I believe it's the 17th or 18th is at midnight, which is dramatic. And I was thinking about it because I was like, boy, you know, the one thing I don't have is a big box Amiga. But I do have a 500 that works now. And if I put it in one of those cases with the expansion gimmick that he's got in there for the 500, then you got something. Mm -hmm. To me, just to me, uh, I would rather put my money in a Checkmate that I could use to give my 500 a new new way to use... uh, cards and whatnot you get some zorro expandability you know stuff like that whereas with just a new 500 case you're basically i mean yeah you're getting some added ports or whatever i guess it's really whatever flavor you're looking for i think if you're if you're looking to keep the same original aesthetic of the 500 the one piece deal without that you know that uh that keyboard that that is that comes with the uh with the checkmate i think that uh this is going to be your your best bet however like you said uh, you lose that whole tower uh, expandability, where it's basically just a big empty box you can fill with well, expansions I mean, if, and stuff. And I, we don't know what the cost is going to be like on this. We know the uh, checkmate's pretty pricey, and this mm-hmm. and I don't recall these being super expensive. So I, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if there is a price on these or not. Uh, let's yeah, yeah, we'll have to check back later to get the price on that. I'm guessing it won't be as expensive as a checkmate. So there's also that plus. I mean. But I mean, they both like they've got this. They're showing this one with a Raspberry Pi in it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of weird. It's funny we're in a it, we're in a almost a uh, a, boot, a boutique era of the Amiga where you sort of get you get customize the things the way you'd like them. Right. And so if you do want to keep that aesthetic and your case is like jacked up or old or you just want new the new port styles, there's nothing wrong with this. Plus, Listen. these guys, this is a proven commodity because having one of their cases, Temptation of Crypt, uh, graciously sent us. Uh, I know their quality. Mm-hmm. I can that right now. It's a yeah. top quality case. Fit perfectly. Good to go. So you do know that you're getting a top quality case if you just want a replacement. Now if let I, me ask you oh, this. Yeah. Go ahead. What if you just took an already existing 500 case yeah. and you just took a saw and just hacked a big hole in the middle of it to put all your new ports? What would be wrong you with that? You could do that. That's, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. yeah. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I would go that route actually. Would you? Yeah. Would you? I think I would. Smart. I'll come over across this table and build on you. <laughs> and finally, there was nothing wrong with that. That was a perfect mod. <laughs> finally, news from our boy Neil over at Indie Retro News. There is a uh, rescue, Wreck-It, Sorry, a Wreck It Ralph game available on the Amiga. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, the, I, I'm assuming you saw the film Wreck It Ralph. I did. Okay, I saw the first one. Yeah. So the uh, the game itself in Wreck It Ralph is actually Fix It Felix Jr. and there is a uh, an Amiga port of Fix It Felix Jr. that has just been released uh, and it's uh, it looks really good actually. Uh, I I don't know if you uh, know the saga of this, but they actually created a few uh, Fix It Felix Jr. like full size arcade yeah, cabs. Yeah, and I believe uh, Carrington from the arcade uh, the No Quarter podcast actually ended up with one of these cabs. So I'm going to be really excited to check out the Amiga version. Video incoming. I'm going to check this thing out because I always thought this game actually looked pretty cool. Uh, it seemed like a, you know, kind of a it's it, kind of a reverse um, game where you're actually fixing things instead of causing destruction, which uh, is, is an interesting viewpoint. But anyway. Wow, this uh, looks really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not heard of this. So uh, if you're interested in that, check over at IndieRetroNews.com to, uh, to get the that's full That's outstanding. Scoop. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I'm grabbing that thing big time. Let's talk about Batman. Batman. Well, we covered the movie. He's I a think, bad pretty well. man. I should mention, Bo, you know, um, this, was, this came out in June of 89. Mm-hmm. Right, do you, you want to take a guess on the uh, box office on this thing? 
I'm gonna guess this did pretty well. Um, I'll tell you what. Give me the budget, and I'll tell you the how budget, much it made. Thirty-five million dollars. Thirty-five million. I'd say this thing made two hundred million dollars. Mm. Four hundred and eleven million dollars. Wow. Really well. Office. So really yeah, well. It, did re- it did real well. Um, so and I, who knows what it would be brought up to today, or right? So you knew that if there's a if there's a high dollar movie property, there's only one company lurking around. They're going to be all up in it. <laughs> it's Ocean Brother. That's right, the man. The ocean That's right. of movie uh, licensing. And so Ocean was like, we're, we're in. We're in. We've got to get some of this action. Bow, 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 bow. Yeah. <laughs> got to get got to get them some. They published and developed this bad boy, Ocean, mm. in-house. Um, so this was on the OCS. And, uh, of course, this came out on uh, a lot of different... Uh, a lot of different computers back in the day. Now, I have to say, I didn't look at any of these uh, other ones. I'm kind of hoping, did you, did you have a look at any of the other ones? Uh, you know, I, I played uh, the NES version of this game a ton. Is it just like this? No, it's nothing I like I didn't this. think so. I, I've, I think, is there a Genesis version or a, maybe it's Game Gear? <sighs> I, I know I've played this on something else. I've played on the Amiga. I don't know. I mean, the, the, the fact, I mean, the, I'm not sure with like the level design and the bat hook and all that stuff, yeah. that that was the present in all the versions or if this was an Amiga exclusive. So... The computer versions of this particular game, not because I mean, we consider all day damn off Batman. Mm-hmm. You got your Amstrad, all right. You got your Atari ST, of course. You got your C sixty four. This did have a PC Dolphins. I didn't have this. I was going to play it, but I don't have it. Uh, it had a ZX Spectrum release as well, so it came out a lot. And then there were several compilations that mm-hmm. included it as well. Uh, this had a big team working on it. I mean, I, it just a, a lot of people. Uh, so it, they did not. They didn't just get some goof to go to work on it. I mean, they 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 brought the house basically to this thing. So, what is this game? Well, you play as Batman. Good move. Uh, and you are basically recreating some of the scenes in the film. Mm-hmm. Now, having seen the film, you can appreciate some of this boaster. So, of course, it's splitting some. It's splitting the levels. And this game sort of has like. Uh, Let's say two and a half different types of games in one. Yeah, okay, I think two be, and a half is fair. To be fair, um, first you've got your kind of platform. It sort of reminded me. You know what it sort of reminded me of was Navy Seals on the Amiga. I'm sure there's they're very similar mm-hmm. movie uh, games. I think I like Navy Seals a little bit more than this one, but this, that's what it reminded me with the grappling hook and in the, and, the, and instead of shooting, of course, you've got the. Uh, I'm like, does it? Is that? A, I didn't look at the docs to see what that thing. It looks like he's throwing some kind of a green sponge. It is. It's, it's, is I, the think, I always, I always okay. assumed it was a batarang. Okay. You know, it's funny. I've got the uh, yeah throw batarang. Mm-hmm. I got. I was gonna say I got the docs right mm-hmm. here. Uh, so, at the first level, you are in the access chemical uh, plant, and you're going through, and which is was in the movie. Was a scene in the movie, and you're going through, and you're trying to. Uh, get through to the end. I mean, I, I guess he's just trying to get out, or, you know, or just knock out all the bad guys. So you go through this, and this level consists of lots of ladders and lots of girders, basically, or floors, and, and to get up and down, you have to use your bat rope. Uh, you kind of you kind of uh, hold the joystick in a direction, hit the button, and he kind of throws out the Yeah, so what, what, what famous video rope. game do you associate this, this kind of a deal with? Well, this has been done a million times. Like I said, to me, the closest one, right off the top of my head, I think like a Navy SEALs type game. But okay, I mean, well, there's a game that came before this that really set this mechanic on fire, and that's Bionic Commando. Yeah, Bionic Commando, yeah. yeah. I mean, if, yeah, the, the, I think, did you have as much trouble? First of all, there were several things on this level. I had forgotten about this game. I hadn't played it for years, because I was never a huge fan back in the day. Mm-hmm. Now, two things I'd forgotten. One. You can use the bat rope, actually whack a dude, which I, that came into play quite early when I figured it out because you, there was no way to hit guys that were shooting at you diagonally. Right, right. Secondly, and I did remember this one when I played it before, I had a heck of a time dismounting the bat rope. <laughs> you know, you can't just... Of course, if you're on a system that has multiple buttons, yeah. not so tough. You just right. let go of the button or whatever. You're not, But this one, of course, you're doing all this one button. You've mm-hmm. got to sort of... Let go and hit down or to the side. Yeah, there, there. You've got to. You, you. I think you've got to hit down. I think and that's it's, what. Yeah. I, it's funny. I would. I could do it, but I'm not sure exactly what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But I could do it, but not every time. And I can't tell you the number of times that I went to swing across a chasm, 
I hit the button at the wrong time, whatever, just fell. I had to go all the way back to the whole level. It was so frustrating. This level drove me nuts. I did get through this level, though. It took forever. So once yeah. you get through it, there, you'll, you're going to encounter a bunch of bad guys who will shoot or throw sort of like grenades or something that kind of arch down, like bombs, basically. Mm-hmm. Let's go with hand grenades. And so you've got to negotiate your way through this. It's pretty simple stuff in terms of the the way you get through it. It's not rocket science. But Batman, and eventually I gave up and just put it on invulnerable Batman. Yes. Okay, but I did that, that was my move from almost the beginning. Yeah, well, I didn't. I couldn't do it on the actual Amiga. I had to go back and... Does, the, there is a does the code not work on the... Jam? I didn't use jam. the code. I had a, I had a loader on it. But mm. um, So, as you negotiate your way through this, and like I said, if you're playing this for real, without any cheats... It'd be very difficult. There's no way I would have gotten through it without cheating. I'll be honest with you. And I never got through it when I was playing this back in the day. It was hard. Uh, I watched a guy go through it, and a lot of it is is knowing where the bad guys are. I mean, I or memorizing their mm-hmm. location. You know. Eventually, you get to the end of the level, and you <laughs> I've forgotten about this, but you you end up whacking a guy. And then the level ends, and you see the guy careen off the platform and fall into a tub of toxic waste. Mm-hmm. Which in the in the movie, it's the Joker. That's the Joker. But it's so um, the guy just looks like that every other guy. Well, yeah. And you whack him. And the funny <laughs> thing is, when you knock him into the tub, it says warning. the The sign over the tub says warning. Uh, Don't fall in here. Toxic gas oh. or something like that. I was like, that ain't gas. That's, <laughs> I remember thinking that's an odd thing to write there. So, and then you complete that level. So, your first impressions, because you've not played this. No. Your no. first impressions of the controls, the graphics, the music, which we haven't talked about, and overall, mm-hmm. what is it, just that first level type stuff? Well, I can tell from the beginning that this was a game that launched a thousand ships on the Amiga. I mean, if you were in a store in 89, 89, arguably the high point of the Amiga in terms of its commercial popularity because the 500 had just been released. It was a low-cost option. Lots of people were getting on board. And boom, you've got Batman, the biggest movie, you know, biggest superhero movie in ages. Right. A perfect vehicle for a video game. Then you look at the back of the box and it just looks gorgeous. Yeah. All the colors, you know, and then it, you, you, there's full soundtrack and stuff like that. So... This game had everything going for it until you hit the start game. Oh. Um, your Batman moves like... He makes Lionheart look like Fred Astaire. I mean, he's very, very stiff. He seems to have but, no... Did you, did you see the movie? <laughs> does he, does he move that, stiffly? He's got that rubber move? suit and he, walk, he can't turn his head. They make a joke about that like one of the later movies. It's like in this one, you can actually turn your neck. He's like, oh. <laughs> and this is before the uh, bat nipple had come into play. But still, it's a big... So, I mean, technically, they were probably... If you're emulating the film, they got that part right. Yeah, if you're really, trying... He walks like RoboCop. He does. Basically. He walks very much like RoboCop, which was excusable in RoboCop's case because he was, in fact, a robot. Um, now, the I could... That's fine. You know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter how your guy moves. It matters how your guy plays. And I will say that the for a one-button system, the grappling hook, while not perfect, adds a, adds a, a lot of fun to what would ordinarily be just a normal, you know, shooting, climbing up and down ladder platforming Yeah, game. well, what they went for, I guess in lieu of jumping, you're grappling. Hook. Just like Bionic Commando. Yeah. That's, um, so uh, I think that my biggest problem with the first level was the fact that you know you as Batman have very limited ways, like you said, you can fire the the uh, the bat hook at your at the guys that are that are above and di- you know, diagonal. diagonally. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you have no other ways to take these guys out. And these guys have killer aim. No they, matter where you are, they will. Ammo. Yeah, they will hone in on you and take you down. I will say one thing I did like was that if you just touch a bad guy, they just basically. Which is what it should be. You're Batman. Right, right. It always bugs me in these games where like a, some loser comes up and he's whooping your tail. It's like, I'm Batman. Mm-hmm. I'm, so Batman's getting taken by the street bum. You know, that's the way it should be. If you just touch me, just assume you're dead. Right, right. So um, I, after dying three or four times on the first level, I immediately looked up on Lemon the code for unlimited yeah. Batmans and unlimited health and the level skip, which was also useful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Once you get past that first level, now I've got a lot to say about this second level. And this second level is the 
basically you're driving toward the bad cave and uh, 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 escaping for, uh, or in, uh, pursued from at least that's what said at the end of the it's like you escaped the joker or whatever so <laughs> what you've got here is a uh, an outrun or even a loaded style looking race section where <coughs> excuse me where you're in the batmobile of the movie and you're steaming along okay now it looks great. Mm. It looks great. It looks fantastic. <laughs> me, it's very much like Outrun. Yeah. Uh, except for one fatal flaw. This section of the game is crap. <laughs> I never got past it because I hated it. Mm-hmm. The only thing you do in this is an arrow in front of you, and it will occasionally point to the left or the right. Mm-hmm. And when it does that, you, you can shoot a hook out from the side of your car that will grapple a, uh, a post and... and Turn your car real fast. Right. Like Auto Man, if you remember the old Auto Man show. Is that like Manimal? No. Well, yeah, it's a lot like Manimal in quality. Mm. But uh, Auto Man had this car that instead of ter- taking cur- turns like a car, it would just go like that. It was, yeah. That's what just... Effectively, which is which is cool. I mean, when you saw that in the movie, you thought, no, man... I thought that was dumb. Really? You didn't think that was rad? No, I didn't. I thought okay. it was dumb. I thought it was cool. That's not the way, that's not the way driving a car works. That's not the way it's going to work. Plus, I mean, we both know that those street poles are just going to yank rally. <laughs> it's you're true. Huge, They're not built for that kind of stuff. You're a huge heavy tank, <laughs> but the street pole, have you ever seen like, anyone run over a street pole and just fall off? Yeah, I'll give Plus, you that. There's the physical aspects of going 80 or 90 miles an hour and making a direct 45-degree turn. It would break your body. You know, it would simply... It's true. All of it's stupid. And I remember seeing that scene in the movie. I'm like, man... It's a good thing there aren't any pedestrians on that corner. They would have been, had their heads cut off mm-hmm. by this rope. <laughs> yeah. You know, there were everything. So Batman's just surrounded by collateral. So damage. they go and get, they put this decent engine together, okay, and they do all this stuff, and then this is what they do with it. Where's yeah. the bat guns? Where's the bat missiles? Where's something? Let me shoot something or run some guys off the road like Spy Hunter. Something. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. There's nothing. And if you miss these turns. You just run into a blockade of cops, and the game ends. Right, that's that's that's, <laughs> that's the, the end, end of, of the Batman. game. Yeah, which that was inevitably how I would lose. <laughs> so, your thoughts on this? Uh, I mean, my opinion, a huge missed opportunity. Well, it is. It's a huge missed opportunity, and it's it's a shame because it looks so good. Like, in my opinion, first of all. Let's not compare this to the Amiga version of Outrun. There is no comparison. Oh, this is, in terms of graphically, this is way yeah. better. Yeah. And but, I mean, the gameplay-wise, right. it's and just as good. There's actually things that, graphically, that this game does. Like, for example, putting the, the buildings up. Of course, it's, it's uh, you know, repetitive scrolling <laughs> things going by. But there's a, just a, like Outrun. Yeah, but there's a, there's a good sort of mix of things. And the background, there's actually parallax scrolling in the background. You've got, like, the really dark uh, um, skyline. Then you've got the lit skyline in front of it. Um, it's a. Sh- I don't know why they thought. Maybe they were just like me. Maybe they were just like eight-year-old me. And when they saw that little that hook shoot out, and they could make that quick turn, they were like, "We're putting that in the game. That's it." But it really it turns this into less of a driving game and more of a. I don't know, just like reaction test. It's and, crap. Yeah, it's not good. No. It's not good. Well, th- did you enjoy the driving level? Did you? No. Ever, were you ever able to beat it without cheating? No. And no. the cheats don't help you on this. No. You're pretty much screwed. Uh, yeah. So I, I hit the old. I think it was F10 or something, and I moved on. Speaking of screwed, let's talk about the next level. <laughs> I'll let you explain this one to me. You get to the back cave, and it's time to put stuff together on a computer screen. What the heck was this? Yeah, I didn't understand how this worked. I didn't um, either. And I've read the docs. <laughs> and I still don't know. I know that you're trying to create a formula that is a... I think you're trying to reverse engineer the toxin that the Joker is right. making that makes everybody laugh. That's the idea. And the way that it works it is... Worked. It worked. I played that level and I cried. It, it, it looks like kind of like a slot machine mixed with like Candy Crush or something like that. And I'm sure that there's some sort of a puzzle element in it, but I could not figure it out. I didn't know what was going on. I printed the doc to help me with that level. And here's the... The score is based on the amount of time taken to find the correct combination. <laughs> so I went and w- watched the guy play it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, let's do what he did. And then there yeah. you go. By the time I got to that part where I went to YouTube, I was like, well, I'm just going to finish up the game just watching the play. This is where you can just so. write puzzle elements on the back of the box. Yeah, absolutely. So we're just going to go right past that one. So next you're on to the, uh, another wasted opportunity. The, the This is the car level in, a, in the Batwing, the jet. Right. Now, in the movie, if you'll recall, 
the scene. There's a scene where the Joker has a bunch of prayed floats, right? Mm -hmm. He's diabolical, that guy. And, he, and what he's done is built him full of Joker gas, right. y'all. Oh, yeah. And so Batman comes through with this bat, with the bat wing, which mm -hmm. is this cool jet. It's awesome. He rolls in, and he, he has a, a pincer sort on the front that mm -hmm. collects all those balloons, mm -hmm. and he flies flies them out the, uh, flies them out the ocean or something, right. whatever. Just he like gets, Superman, into the he sun. He gets rid of them. Yeah. Everything. Just, don't ever go out in the open sea. There's all kinds of crazy <laughs> crap just laying out there. So uh, this is just like the driving level, except you're in a, number one, you're in the bat wing. Number two, it's a bit slower. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of move up and down. And number three, it's this you can actually complete without wanting to die. But it's still, it's just not that much fun. No. Again, you're in a jet. You can't do anything cool. You just run into balloons. Yeah. Lame. Yeah. I didn't like this level either. What about you? This is, I mean, again, if you're just reading about this game and you're like, you get to fly the Batmobile, you get to fly the Batjet. Oh, yeah. You know, you're on board 100%. It's just the execution was so poor. I really wish what I would have enjoyed is something like Star Fox, you know, with the Bat, where you're actually flying around an open environment, like a wireframe environment, <laughs> you're collecting the balloons. That would yeah. have been rad. Yeah. So once you get through collecting all the balloons, it's time for another grapple fest this time in the <laughs> cathedral all right so it's exactly like the first level except it's much i think it's longer mm -hmm. i never got past this one either just because i was just like i'm dying here I'm physically you know dying. the joker must he he must have invested in some biotech company because he has an uh, an army of twins yeah just hey, all that's, the games that's, that's are how all you do it guy. that's all yeah. the all the bad guys have like they they they, they it's almost like the clones mm -hmm. it's just like star wars mm -hmm. it's just gonna bunch a bunch of clones and these clones have crack shot eyes that are deadly from uh anywhere on the screen so I mean, it's more of the same. Just go up and up and up. It's the same exact thing. And eventually, you get to the roof. And the Joker's there. Now, I have to say, I didn't get that far. I don't know. I'm assuming you saw the end of this game. Because at the end, the Joker is... Which is just like in the film. If you remember in the movie... I always thought this was kind of a funny way to end the movie. The Joker is getting lifted off the uh, top of the cathedral by one of his goons. Mm. And so Batman... Batman grapples the Joker's foot mm -hmm. to a big slab of like it's like a big statue, right? And the Joker's holding this ladder, and he can't hold on, and he plummets to his doom. Mm -hmm. Now, I believe in the I, don't, I can't remember in the movie if he falls in the water or not. And there's something he, that happens at the end. It seems like they didn't recover his body. Well, and, uh, there was I thought that they found his body, but it was like a mannequin, and there was like a there was like a recording device in no, there. It was him no, laughing. that wasn't that. I would remember. Oh. I'm glad we're watching this because I almost forgot. This level does include something that is so stupid I, I forgot about it. The un, the Incredible Rats they are on this level. <laughs> these are the, the most infuriating enemy in this game are these rats. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to avoid them. And of course, you can't jump. So you've got to do a lot of wacky swinging, hanging from the ceiling. Picard's with me. There were laughing teeth. You don't remember the laughing teeth? I do remember them, but I thought he... I mean, they he, he was dead, I think. Mm. In this, he's dead. I oh, knew that. Yeah. And at the end of the very end of the level, if you've gotten past all the rats and the clones, and you've grappled your way to the top of this cathedral, you see the Joker get on this ladder on the helicopter, and you whack him, and he flies off to his death. And it shows him falling a long way before he plunks on the ground. So it was pretty satisfying. Mm. What I liked is that, that when that happens, it just says, the end. But luckily, there's more. After that, but still, I thought it was funny because I'm like, man, it'd be crap when we end the game. <laughs> I'll give the game credit; the ending's pretty satisfying. Uh, and I, these levels where you swing around are the best levels, but they are tedious. Yeah, they're just they're they're, they're too tedious. long. They're too long. They're too difficult. It's the hallmark of European platform design where you're just sort of meandering around with no clear path there's no real way set out that the well, game Well, I mean there's only one go. way to go. Yeah, but it's 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 not it's not satisfying to negotiate the level. It's not as if you're discovering new and interesting things as you move across it. It's just more the same. It's it's not the most fun. Contrast right? this with a game like like Castlevania Okay, Castlevania, you're doing the exact same thing. You're negotiating these sprawling levels that aren't that aren't necessarily linear, but the game is always throwing new things at you, new monster types, new abilities, hidden things. This game, it's just like if you play the first three rooms, you've played the whole level. I will say this about this game: if I'm Ocean, all right, and my games are of various qualities, 
I'm like, listen, program fleet of programmers, make me a game. And I'm the programmers, I'm like, listen, we got to make a game. It's going to sell a bu- like buckets of, of consoles or computers. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to have the bat, just like you said, we're going to have the bat wing in here. We're going to have the car. We're going to have it all. They're going to have all kinds of modes of gameplay. And they did it. It's just all different modes aren't that good. Right. And so, but it was like, if you're the guy, that, if you're the guy at Ocean, you're like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And you've got to look at this thing. You've got to grade this from when it was released in 89 and 90, that era. This would be, this wouldn't be novel. No. I mean, I will say no. that. It, but it, it would look good. Mm-hmm. It's expansive. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it takes you probably an hour to go through the whole game. Yeah, and I'm sure that there were people that that got this. Yeah, of course, the famous Batman pack brought to you by David Pleasance. Absolutely. Uh, you yeah, know, that was, was a- that was the that that was a huge moneymaker for Commodore. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, <gasps> and this is not a it's not a horrible game. It's playable. It's just way too difficult and tedious. But again, we're coming that from a perspective of somebody that can sit down and play anything that they want. I will say this: uh, the Batman pack. I, I, I looked the thing up on it just to see what exactly what they sold with it, what was in it. So um, it came on sale uh, between October of '89 and September of '90. All right. So in in the UK, you're in the Batman themed box, and you got uh, Batman, the New England, or the New Zealand story, and you got FA 18 or something, which we played all those games, yeah. and you got Deluxe Paint two. That's great. That's All a right. great. That's a great deal. So they they did an initial run of ten thousand, and they ended up selling a hundred eighty six thousand bat packs. Yeah, that's fantastic. Which was crazy, and it was the most successful bundle ever by ever released. Ever bundled. And of course, we hear about the bat pack. It's that one comes up over and over and over, mm-hmm. and so that's connected in no small part to the success of the film. Plus, yeah. it's. If you look at superhero games of this era, I mean, it's much like the movies. It's like there's not like a ton of like mega great superhero games no. walking around. There were some. Nothing, no, like know. the super. This is much better than the Superman game for the Amiga. Remember which is that horrible. game? Remember what was that game that you and uh, you and Hatch had played? Uh, that was Superman. Was that what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was that was no good. So, you know, and it's hey, listen, this is way better than like Thundercats and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah. I mean, it's not. It's not. This is not this is not a bad game. I just I would call this your uh, I would call this a very average game. Absolutely, in my opinion. Absolutely, uh, uh, it's it, it. I didn't think it was it, super great, but it wasn't the worst thing I. Played. I can't help every you know as I was as I was struggling through this before I put in the cheat. I just kept looking down at the HUD and looking into Batman's eyes. That look of confusion and bewilderment <laughs> yeah. that, that, that you see there. We should that mention, was me. We should mention that there is uh. The, what did you think of the music in this? I thought it was uh, tedious and annoying. Yeah, it, and it yeah. It, you could tell it was sixteen bit music. Again, it's on the back of the box. It sounds like a sixteen bit track. There's lots of voice and stuff, but I mean, there's just, it's not I a good... I think it was very good. Yeah. Uh, there is digitized uh, audio in this, which, and you can hear it a couple times. One, you hear the Joker say, you know, ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. You also, at the very end of the game, you hear Batman say something like, make sure to tell all your friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, which I like that was pretty funny. Uh, so, and then the Joker laugh. And so, so there's some, there's some digitized audio in it. Uh, and some digitized graphics are mm-hmm. in it. Look at look at Batman. In order to avoid these rats, right now he's just swinging back and forth like the biggest doofus the I world has ever known. Here, but yeah, yeah. it ludicrous. Yeah. Uh, but uh, hey, listen, rats and bats. There you go. Usually, bats is on the side of the wrong. So at least mm-hmm. this time the, you're playing the bat. That's true. Everybody else ever. But I would give this an average score. Now, um, how did it get judged by the reviewers of the day? Now we're going to say an average score is you know between say seventy and seventy and let's say seventy five and eighty five percent somewhere in that ballpark. So Lemon gives this a seven point five five, pretty average for Lemon. Mm-hmm. You know, Amiga Action uh, gave this an eighty two percent in eighty nine. Then went back and revised it to a seventy eight uh, a couple years later. I love that Amiga Format gave it a ninety. Amiga Power gave it a 79. Uh, AUI gave this a 7 out of 10. And CU Amiga gave it an 88. So that's a lot of average scores in there. Yeah. And I would I would place this game solidly in that category. Yeah, this is, C, this is a C. I'm going to say C+. Plus. And yeah. I would say the thing is, this if they had made the driving sections better, 
This could have been, been a big a. winner. Yeah. I mean, I mean, well, I don't if know they would have made if they would have made the platforming section shorter, they wouldn't have necessarily even had to make them better because they're fine. They need to be better. Um, frankly, the if they would have made the driving sections anything close to like a real driving game, like Chase HQ. Just imagine if you're chasing down the Joker mobile or something like that. That would have been great. I would. You know, what, I'll tell you something honestly. I could have done without the uh, the platform sections if they would have had a really cool driving and flying component. You could have released a game squarely around that engine, you know, and like you could have ripped off Chase HQ. There goes the there goes the Riddler. Go get mm. him or the Joker, whoever you're after, and then uh, or you know the Joker's henchman. And then the, there's a scene in the movie, if you'll recall, where he takes the bat wing and he flies the Joker, and the Joker pulls out this big long the revolver and pistol, blows yeah. blows the plane out of the air, which I always hated that, but mm-hmm. something. Instead of just the lame things they did, that was I think. I mean, it's amazing to me that they built this nice engine and they just. I don't, and I don't know what else they would have done with it. I don't know if they made any other games. Well, again, you know, they were fulfilling what was set out to them by their their manager, who's like, you need to make a platformer or a racing game and you go for it. And then it's a perfect back of the box game. Yeah, you're right. You know, it wins. It's like the Redskins; they win the off season every year. You know, this game wins the back of the box. What do you got for uh, user listener reviews this week, Booster? Graham Vebke says, Yet another licensed title from Ocean, and I found this game more difficult than I remembered. The first platform level reminds me of Rolling Thunder and Castlevania Lords of Shadow with a grappling hook, and those enemies rarely ever miss hitting you. Yeah. The driving level, if you get there, reminds me of Chase HQ and probably had the potential to be the best part of the game, even with the weird grappling hook turn mechanic. I believe there is a flying level after making it to the Batcave and more platforming to do, but I couldn't get that far. Way too difficult. Five out of ten. Mm-hmm. Chris Fold says, The game they claim sold millions of Amigas. Luckily, no bugger played it first. Mm-hmm. Average graphics, decent sound for the era, but this game is brutal. Within five seconds of the first level, you got guys coming at you. I've only made it to the car part once. With cheats, I saw the flying level and then discovered it has another massive rock-solid platform level. Worth a look, but nothing to write home about. Five out of ten. If you want good Batman platform and driving, load up Batman Returns on the SNES. I would go with uh, Batman the Animated Series on the, on the SNES. That's, I think that's a better game. Mm. Lobsterminator says, It's hard to give this an honest review due to emotional baggage. The controls are slow and clunky, and the difficulty is too high, but it's still nice to run through with trainers every three years. The Mm. monotone music still brings back fond memories of my early days of Amiga ownership, and the rope-assisted turns on the Batmobile remain cool. I give this a 6 out of 10 because I can't be too mad at it, but without nostalgia goggles, it might be closer to a 4. Pixels at Dawn says... I honestly expected to enjoy this game, but I was corrected within seconds as a dude shot me through a platform and I discovered, by comparison, Batman could only shoot in a straight line. That's true. Uh, What followed was a slow descent into madness. As the annoying music looped, Batman walked slower than Robocop, (laughs) and I was shot by guys who spawned behind me and guys who had free shots as I used the grapple. I didn't even get near the end of the first level and as angry by the time I quit. I would delete this from my Amiga, but some ritual sacrifice seems more appropriate. Three <laughs> out of ten. Oh, wow. Burial. And the Dunk, Duncan Styles says, I first played the CPC version of this game, and I think I prefer it just. The Amiga glams things up with prettier graphics, 3D driving sections instead of side-on, and sampled music, which is somehow less memorable than the 8-bits. We know the Amiga can do better than this. However, I do appreciate that you get multiple genres of game in one package, so a couple of points for variation. Not a fan of the ending, though. Who who would know to immediately fire the bat rope at the Joker in order to finish the game? Yeah. What are you? Answer, disappointing. Five That's out of ten. Boat. Thank you. You said I just like him. It looks like uh, that, that we probably share the same opinion. I should mention... Uh, this comes in a black box with a logo in the front. It's a pretty plain Jane-looking box, mm-hmm. uh, and you can get these all day on the eBay. I saw them going anywhere from nine to sixteen bucks. They were in the UK. Okay, okay. If you're wanting to add this one to your collection, uh, it is out and ready to rock and roll. Um, as we wind down the show, I do want to make an Amiga Ireland announcement. I have officially purchased my tickets for the Huzzah. show, so uh, I'm ready to uh, ready to descend upon affluent. This weekend, probably tomorrow, I'm going to be buying my plane ticket 
So I'm really looking forward to seeing all you fine folks that are making the voyage to Amiga Ireland. And for those of you that have supported uh, me for, through uh, the GoFundMe campaign, thank you so much. Uh, and for those of you that aren't going and threw in a couple bucks, uh, I will try and uh, make it worth your while to give you a front row seat to all the talks and all the action and everything uh, once I get over there. So and next year's GoFundMe will be for Boat's liver transplant. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely, after all that Guinness. Um, I want to remind everybody that we do record this show live every week on Twitch. We'll be on Twitch uh, for the time being. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. I want to thank our Twitch Prime subscribers, Aaron. Ooh. Uh, if you are, uh, you can subscribe to uh, Amigos on Twitch. That's another way you can support the show. If you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, you can actually subscribe to one Twitch channel uh, per month, and uh, we get the financial benefits of that, and it costs you nothing. So uh, feel free to do that if you want to. Just like uh, Roushy MSX, 6MMBRX, Pixels at Dawn Gaming, Graham, G. Bebke, whoever that is, Chris Folds, Mohawk Mall, Brother Bill, David Pick, and Picard 2010. So thank you guys for uh, subscribing on Twitch. Aaron, last week, the Patreon Song Challenge oh God. was Joy to the World. That one I knew. I have to say, that's one of the few times I've actually got one. A.K.A. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Yes. Um, yes. That was, that was painful to hear. Bro. Now, um, a lot of people think that that's a Three Dog Night song, but I was corrected by Pac Billy, who said, a lot of people will tell you this is a Three Dog Night song. And they didn't make it famous, but they were basically a cover band. All of their hits, he's talking about Three Dog Night, were other folks' songs. Really? One is the Loneliest Number was a Nelson song. Old Fashioned Love Song was a Paul Williams number. Joy yeah, to the that World, one I knew. Joy to the World was written and first performed by the great Hoyt Axton, whom you know is the dad from Gremlins. Huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Also, the dad from the Black Stallion. The Black Stallion. That mm-hmm. was a uh, horse movie, I'm, I'm guessing. No. I'm guessing. What tipped you off? Well, at first I thought it was about the Black Crypt, but then I realized that was the Black Crypt. Um, or the Black Cauldron. There's a lot of black movies. Keep, just keep digging it, Boat. Uh, not everyone is aware of this guy's career as a folk singer. So congratulations to Pac Billy, Brother Bill, Terry Howard, and Jonas Rule. And now before we dive in to the Patreon song for this week, Aaron, let's talk about what's been going on over in the channel. All right. All right. Yeah, let's see what, because I've been out of the loop. I'm anxious to see what we've been doing. So over on the YouTube, we have, let's see, as I struggled to pull this up because I was not prepared. Um, you? I know. Hard to believe, right? So we've got probably the uh, the biggest news of the week is that the Taze Valley Classic Computer Club met once again uh, to... Um, Fix old computers and that play so old much games. I, this is one of my favorite meetings we've had. Yeah, so and I sat on my duff and watched and watched John clean a 1541 floppy drive while we chatted with people uh, on the uh, Twitch channel. So much fun, and you guys played a, a, just a boatload, no pun intended, of Atari computer games. Yeah, yeah. And so it's it's a fun time. You can watch a, an archive of, of that stream with the Atari going on in one window, and then two windows full of uh, John Marshall, uh, fan of the show, and uh, Aaron Fix, uh, an old fifteen forty. There's a lot of bald going on in there. Yeah, there is. You could never have too much. Bald. You know, John's got this gimmick to hook the fifteen forty one up to the PC. Unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to. We ran out of time before we really got to get too far into it. So, it, probably the next time we come around, we'll be getting into it hot and heavy. It was an abbreviated meeting because of yeah. the next thing that happened, which was actually earlier in the day, but released later. It's the second installment of Amigos Role Playing. This was a, uh, a game ran by uh, another friend of the show, uh, supporter, uh, Matthew Laramore, a.k.a. Evil Matt. Uh, came in from Kentucky He's evil. to uh, to run this game of Delta Green. So what is Delta Green, Aaron? Well, you played it. <laughs> yes. Uh, Delta Green is a uh, sort of a spinoff game on Call of Cthulhu. Uh, this game took place in modern times where you basically uh, work for an outfit that investigates, uh, you know, uh, old one-esque horrors in the real world and tries to take care of what's going on with them. We had uh, Evil Matt, Boat, myself, 
one of Brent's last super sick appearances before mm-hmm. he went completely nuts. And of course, Uncle Larry is, was also here, Leroy. Uh, so we had a good, a good crowd. We played. You guys, we ended up playing about three and a half hours. Yeah, ago. yeah, yeah. The 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 archive from soup to nuts. Three hours and 25 minutes. So if you're looking for something to kind of put on in the background while you're working on something else, just listen to a bunch of guys fool around playing playing some Cthulhu. Uh, it's, a, it's a good time. I've heard people that listen to this whole thing, and they really dug it. Yeah. So, and it was, it's it's fun, you know, uh, and it's a, Matt runs a pretty brisk game. So he does. Wasn't a lot of I was very impressed with his and, skills yeah. as a DM. Um, but there's more, Aaron. There's lots more. Okay. Uh, I released my Atari 1200 XL stream. Which I played some of the uh, the biggest games on the system. Actually, we started out. We played a little Puyan. Are you still working off your book? Uh, no, this was this was just a this was a free for all. I just was playing whatever I wanted to. Yeah. So this was started out with some Puyan. Then we dove right into Caverns of Mars. I'm still working on my capture card situation. Uh, it's soon that looks, after. That looks pretty good. Yeah. Soon after I uh, I took this all apart and put it back together. I got rid of those uh, unsightly vertical lines, but still, it's a pretty sharp image, and so I was happy with that. I uh, p- played some uh, Pingo and uh, closed things out with a rex- Rescue on Fractalus and an absolute horrible game called Taxi Cab Hill. Just one of the worst games I've ever played in my life. So uh, feel free to, to check that out. You know, one of the last things I did before I got sick was played some... Uh, uh, Atari and Coco, I played both versions of Canyon Climber, and I played both versions of Puyan, because you had, you had chastised the Coco version. And I thought uh, the Atari version was, it played better, I will admit that, but the Canyon Climber played way, much better on the Coco. Mm-hmm. So. Right. They're comparable, there's no doubt about yeah, that. absolutely, you know? absolutely. All right, uh, I do want to thank those fine folks that are with us in Twitch right now. Uh, Edvin Helen, who says, you look relaxed, that's, Aaron. You got that right, that's buddy. What, that's why we're filming this way, just kicking back. Uh, Pixels at Dawn, Jason Warns, Picard 2010, Macintosh Librarian. You know um, who that is, don't you? Kate Fox. <laughs> uh, let's see, who else is here? Tara K is here. L. Curtis B. is here. Um, all the fine folks in the chat, thank you so much for joining us live. It's always a party. We record the show Fridays around 5.30 Eastern time. Uh, we'll usually do Amigos and then uh, our Sinclair. And then for the next two weeks, we'll be doing the Coco show. So you'll get all three shows on the network back to back. If you'd like to watch live, we'd love to have you. Um, Aaron, it's time. It's time for the Supporter Song Challenge. Oh, man. So if you know the uh, correct answer to this song, you can send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com. And it goes a little something like this. <clears throat> You ever stretch the vocal cords a little bit like this? No, I never take done a, take that. A, take a fold of flesh and pull it. I suggest you stretch it with a straight razor, bro. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> so here we go. Bjorgen Nundensen, Terry Howard, Reflection Simon, Captain Crispy, Kilobytes and Caffeine, Mike W, Deckard Threepwood, Gary Heather, Free Lunch, Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong. Andy Jones, Lobsterminator, Craig McClellan, 10-Minute Amiga Retrocast, Bernard Quinn, Retro Man Cave, Tim Drew, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Cal Etter, Rob O'Hara, Howard Nims, Matthew Larimore, Andy Craig, Sean Zoho, Darren Lomax, Colin 419, Bark Bid, Roland Burke, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, John Cook, Leaf Kelaan, Alan Kabapche, Keto Kote Level Lord, John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRosha, Creepy Dead Boy. Biggie CTZ, the slow Norris, Stefan Sorgard, Mortensen, Edvin Helen Blendo 75, Christopher Hassel, Ravi Abbott, Chris Folds, Dreamcatcher, Lauren Giroux, Graham Vebke, Lane Denson, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Retro Vintage, Gary Huckasey, Brian Jones, Paul Harrington, 
Duncan Styles tapes from the crypt. Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THT, Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy, Homebordstock, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda. Darren Coles, Jason Warns, Pixels at Dawn, and Kill Bjorn Barman. I don't. I think he just randomly said things. No, that was that was that was rehearsed, and that was meticulously coordinated with that the was? correct syllables wow. with the syllables of the lyrics. Man, I guess I don't have the trained ear for this sort of thing. You you really don't. You really you really got it. I did when I started the show, but you sort of worn my ear down. Well, over it's the it's sort of like blunting a fine edge. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. <laughs> Trust me, a blunt is in order. Aaron, next week we're gonna play. Speaking of Kjolbjorn Barman. Kjolbjorn Barman. We're going to play Heimdall. Oh, Heimdall. Okay. Yeah. You know anything about Heimdall? Nah, I, yeah, you know, I, I know of it. A little of this, a little of that. Percussion. I know I've played that. Mm. Heimdall. Heimdall. We haven't played that before? No. Okay. Sounds yeah. good. We'll give her a whirl. All right. Well, guys, uh, thanks as always for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week with Heimdall. Until then... Adios. Adios.